Um, yeah, so hey, uh, we are going to uh, look at uh, John 6 tonight. I presume uh, you guys are doing a series on John at the moment. Um, it's a great book. Who's uh, been enjoying the series so far? Can anyone tell, tell me what you guys were uh, getting into at camp or uh, the last session of John? What was that on? John 5, probably. It's the chapter before John 6, so. Best bet. So anyway, my name's Jude Saxon. I'm the youth pastor out at um, Richmond New Life. So Thrive's our youth group out there. You guys, some of you guys might have been there when we had that combined night of Talent Quest, and uh, we came here for the night of the cause, which is so much fun. Uh, you guys are got a, a wicked youth group. So a little bit about myself. Um, I'm married to Megan Saxon. Her last name used to be Redden. So some of you guys might know the Reardons, Emma Reardon or anything like that. So we've been married since uh, December, this uh, year just been, so not very long at all. Coming up to a year now, which is pretty exciting. Got no kids like Nick, but that's all right. One should be on the way. Um, I went to Nayland College. Who goes to Nayland? Probably no one. <laughs> Nayland is, is the best school in Nelson, pretty much. <laughs> Back in my day when I was at school, um, it was a good school, but yeah, it has decreased since then. Um, I also, when I was at, at Nelson College, I was really into rugby. I played for Nelson Bay's Reps for the under-16s and under-18s when I was playing. Um, at about the age of 17, uh, I went over to Sydney uh, for a conference. Dad said, hey, if you do really well at school and, and leave the rugby a wee bit and actually get some grades, then I'll take you over to Sydney to a conference. So I worked hard. And I uh, ended up over there at this conference called Phenomena. Who's heard of uh, C3 Church, Pastor Phil Pringle? Um, so I went over there to the conference, the youth conference over there, which is awesome. I ended up winning a scholarship to Bible College, which I didn't want to go to at all. Um, and then moved over there about just before I turned 18. Uh, didn't know anyone and studied there for two years. And uh, now I'm a youth pastor here at Richmond New Life. And... Uh, I'm studying a degree in accounting, so I've just about finished that as well. So, that's me, the message tonight. So we're going to get into uh, John 6. Now, we're going through uh, from verse 22 to 25, but I just really want to jump back a little bit and uh, start in verse 5, or start kind of setting the scene, I guess. So, kind of the week before, or, or the chapter before this, you know, Jesus is um, feeding the 5,000 which is a pretty awesome story. So Jesus does this amazing miracle in, uh, in John chapter 5, where, oh, in John, beginning of John chapter 6, sorry, where he feeds the 5,000. And, uh, you know, you think that would be enough. Uh, you know, there's 5,000 people there. There's a minimal amount of food. And Jesus splits all this food up and feeds it to the people. And yet, even after that, there's leftovers. Uh, so that's where the picture starts. You know, Jesus finishes that. He carries on. Um, on his travels, he he uh, he actually escapes that kind of area because the people want to force him uh, to make him king, not to make him lord of their life, but to make him king over over the city that they that they're in there. So it all starts off like that. So Jesus escapes, and and uh, the dis- disciples uh, float across the the lake on a boat, and we see it's stormy there. If you carry on reading in John uh, chapter six, we get to. Verse 16, it says, you know, title is Jesus Walks on Water. Um, so we see Jesus here doing an amazing uh, thing where he walks on the water. And when he gets to the other side of the lake, you know, the people can't understand how he got there because the disciples 
uh, left in a boat without Jesus in it, and then Jesus arrives with the disciples on the other side. So there's been some amazing things happening here. So tonight, I've titled my message, um, What Are You Eating? Because uh, as we get into, you know, this chapter that, or these verses that, you know, it's talking about Jesus is the bread of life, or he, t- he kind of evaluates on, you know, why he's done that miracle. Uh, so let's start. Let's go to uh, verse 25. Has anyone got their Bibles here tonight? A few people. Make sure you bring your Bibles because you'll just understand the message a whole lot better. Nick will uh, really enjoy it if you bring your Bibles. Um, so verse 25, it says, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign do you do that we may see and believe you? I just want to stop right there. They've just seen Jesus split these loaves and these fish up enough to feed 5,000 people. You know, this is one little boy's lunch. So they've seen this and then they're saying, well, you know, what else can you do for us? Why should we believe in you? I mean, Jesus is probably thinking, well, I only just fed 5,000 people from nothing. It's like, (laughs) what are they on? (laughs) Uh, So Jesus said to them, "Um, no, yeah, what worked before? Our father ate manna in the in the wilderness as it is written he gave them bread from heaven to eat jesus then said to them truly truly i say to you it was not moses who gave you the bread from heaven but my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of god is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world they then said to him sir give us this bread always you know as i was reading kind of over this passage it really dawned on me man this has been so much like my walk uh, with God, you know, I've, I've I've been seeking Jesus, you know, probably because of, I guess, what you read in the Bible sometimes, in some passages, or what maybe what sometimes your youth leader or other Christians say to you that, hey, look, if you become a Christian, or if you get into this Christianity thing, well, then things seem to get a wee bit easier, uh, and so that's what the Jews were kind of thinking, or the guys here were kind of thinking, is that, hey, if Jesus is going to give it, Jesus is just going to give us this bread of life, it's going to be so easy. You know, they were going into it, the selfish desire. You know, they were seeking Jesus. They were following him from one place to the next because they thought, oh, you know, we're just going to get a handout at every place. You know, they were still convinced he was the Messiah. They were believing that he was the Messiah, but were they seeking him for the right reason? You know, the, these people thought that Jesus is going to satisfy, satisfy my material needs. And like I was saying, you know, sometimes we're no better. I know it for my own self, you know, when things are going tough, that it's so hard just to spend time with God and, and, to, and to read the Bible or something to pursue a relationship with Him, yet I get caught up in, in bringing shoppingless prayers, as it were, to God. And you're like, oh God, I need this, I need this, I need this. See you later. Shut the door, walk out, sort of thing. You know, it reminds me, I guess, a time in my life, as I was saying, when, when I was younger, I was into rugby and things like that. Well, this is before that. I was about 15. I was... I guess I've been brought up in a Christian family. My dad um, was the pastor out at uh, City Church in town when I was that age. Uh, so things were going a bit tough for our family, so we went for a, a family holiday. 
uh, over to Packle, or who's been over there? Collingwood, beautiful beaches. Eh? It is gorgeous over there. Been swimming? Do you get those little jellyfish? Oh, they're nasty over there. Um, anyway, so we went over there for a family holiday. It was going great. I was discovering my relationship with God. Um, you know, most of the time it was these shopping list prayers, you know, just coming to God because I thought he could satisfy my every me, every need. It wasn't a decision uh, that I made to follow every day. You know, if, if school things got hard, I'd give up God and go with the way because I was just trying to satisfy my every material need. Need, And if, if God could help me in that, then I wanted him. But if he couldn't help me in that, then I didn't want him. So on the way back from this this holiday, you know, I was driving with my dad and he was... Uh, driving the car, I was in the back seat as I filled up the front seat with bodyboards and sticks that I found along the way and things like that. And uh, we come around this corner and I remember looking up from my newspaper uh, and there's a car on our side of the road. Uh, and sure enough, we have a head-on collision, 100 k's an hour. And I remember thinking there, man, this is it. Uh, I woke up about 30 seconds later, opened the door, managed to crawl out the car, um, I walked over to the side of the ditch and had to relieve myself. As soon as I zipped up, it was I was on my back. I was out cold for about two hours, and I remember rolling over on my stomach after I after I woke up and seeing Dad getting cut out of the car um, by the emergency officers. And he turned to me and said, "Jude, Jude, I love you. I love you. I don't know if I'll see you again. I love you." And I remember turning to God then and thinking, "Man, you know, what have I done? Have I?" I remember having this sick feeling. I don't know if you guys have ever done exams. Uh, when you do an exam, you do an exam question, you think, yeah, I've got that one. And then you get out and talk to your mate, and they're like, no, no, that's not how you do it. You know that sick feeling in your stomach? You guys had that? It's like, oh, man, I had that feeling. It's like, what have I done? I've, 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 I felt like I'd answered the question wrong, or I'd, I, I knew I'd been following God for the wrong reasons. I was pursuing this Jesus like these guys in this passage were for the wrong reasons. I'd be going after him for my material reasons. For what can Jesus add to my life that I haven't already got? Instead of, hey, you know, this is more about a relationship with God uh, than just fulfilling every every material need that I have. So if you flick on your Bibles to uh, Matthew 6.33, it just gives a, a great little um, kind of excerpt of what Jesus is trying to say here. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't, don't go after your material needs. Seek, seek first God and what he's got install for your life. Seek first the relationship and, and the purposes of God before all these other things. So it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, you know, what you worry about uh, to wear in the day, you know, how am I going to make it through the next day, you know, all these things will be added to your life if you seek first the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus in this passage is saying, look, you know, don't go after the bread that, that perishes. Don't go after the material things that just waste away. Um, we look at in uh, Matthew six nineteen to 20, it talks about, hey, you know, store up for yourself a treasure in heaven that doesn't perish. It says, you know, if you just accumulate things on earth, you accumulate these treasures on, uh, treasures on earth, rust will get to them, moss will get to them, they'll just end up destroyed and worthless. So Jesus is saying, look, hey, what I'm offering is bigger than this. The bread I offer is bigger than this. So that's uh, kind of like, I guess if I kind of separated this passage into about three portions. That's the first sort of portion is Matthew is uh, John six twenty five um, to thirty four, and that's kind of you know Jesus isn't your drive through. 
would be a way I'd some of that summarize that passage is, you know, he's not someone that you can just come to and lay all your needs out and then leave. He desires relationship. God's into intimacy, not information. Um, so if we skip on through and we look at uh, the next sort of verse section, which is uh, John six thirty-five to 40. And I sort of titled this section, you know, what what are you eating? So the title of the message, what, in, what now are you eating now that you realize Jesus isn't your drive through? What are you going to get into? So it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All, the, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of that all he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So this is kind of like a a little portion where Jesus is explaining what he's just said in the previous passage to the, the people that are around with me. He's just said, look, hey, I can give you a bread that'll never waste away. I can give you something to drink that you'll never thirst again on. And the Jews are thinking, sweet, he's got something that's going to satisfy our selfish desire. He's got something that's going to satisfy my material needs. I'm never going to have to worry about working again because every morning I wake up, I'm not going to need to eat because I've eaten this bread that Jesus has given me. But Jesus is saying, hey, no, that's not quite what I'm saying here. He's saying, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And it's not talking about a physical eating here. Jesus is trying to use, a, a, I guess, a metaphor of, of a spiritual food. So, that, you know, the supply of your... Uh, it's, a, it's a food that will endure. So it's the supply of your spiritual wants, that, that which supports and nourishes and strengthens the soul. So the stuff that you read in this book, as we call it the Word of God... Um, the doctrines or the things that Nick teaches every week or other leaders teach every week, the things that you learn at Pursuit, the things that you are going through at camp, these are things that will never waste away. Once you've learned a truth like this, it's uh, it's spiritual food that will continue to last. You know, as I guess good food is to a weak body, you know how when you've been outside doing sport and things like that, you get tired and you're just craving a big feed of Macca's. and you eat it, and it, it's, it revitalizes you, not for very long, man. Every time I eat Macca's, um, 10 minutes later, I'm hungry again. Who's, who's got that thing? Man, I can eat a Mac, like two Mac attacks, and I'm hungry again. 10 minutes later, I don't know what it is. I reckon it's just puffed up cardboard with a bit of flavor in there, but, um, oh, and a bit of fat squirt in there as well. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's same. Nick and I, I mean, you can probably tell from me, the reason Nick invited me here is... Um, we work out over in that shed over there. We've built this sort of gym. Have you seen it, Caleb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've built this gym, and we were working out one day, and he just checks out my guns, and he says, bro, you're bigger than I am. You've got to come speak at my youth group. Um, not really the case. He, um, my max is his reps for benching, so uh, I'm not that strong, actually. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, dig- I digress. Um, but you know, so it's it's like you know another story of my own life. I guess it's it's sort of, I guess, just explains the point of, you know, what are you filling yourself with? You know, you're filling yourself with the spiritual food that Jesus is offering. That 
will endure forever. It'll last to eternal life, you know. It goes on past that. What you do, you know, the, the time that you spend in your relationship with Jesus, the time that you spend in your, in your walk with God, you know, am I choosing to stand up at school? Am I choosing to uh, continue on as a Christian, even when the times are tough, you know? Is it, am I doing this for my material wants, or am I doing this because, hey, I see a bigger picture. I see the, what God's got in store for me. I want to further the kingdom of God. And when I was playing rugby, I, the first year I played rugby, I, I just seemed to keep hitting a wall. It was like I couldn't get any faster. I couldn't get any fitter. Um, I couldn't lose any weight. I was huge, man. I was like 106 kgs, I think, when I was playing at 15. So I was a big, round little boy. Um, and I just couldn't get past this. And I was like, you know, exercising hard out. I'd go for big-ass runs every um, every day after school, I go to training, I go to rep training. Um, I was playing prop, so that probably didn't help. But um, And then I thought, oh, I'll check out what I'm eating. And uh, I never really thought about what I eat, but then I uh, realized that every uh, day after school, I'd come home and get out white bread. Who loves white bread? So I'd get out four slices of white bread, lay them out on the bench. Then I'd get out the cheese. Yeah, Colby cheese, rocking all the way. Um, you guys got those cheese slices, you know, the thick and thin sides? Yeah, yeah, thick side down. Slice myself off about four bits of cheese for every bit of bread. Then I'd put them in the microwave, microwave them, and then I'd get them together and I'd squish them together into a ball, like it turned out about, oh, about that size. And then I'd eat it, and I used to call that my cheese munchie. And I just like get my cheese munchie every hour for school, and I'd be oh, just chunking it away, and like I could demolish a block of cheese in about a week, just myself. Um, and then it dawned on me, well, what am I eating? You know, what is this doing to me? Is this feeding, you know, the pursuit that I'm after, or is this just detracting from uh, what I'm aiming for? And this is kind of what Jesus is saying to these guys as well. Hey. You've got to give up that material want. You've got to give up, man, that desire for your cheese munchie and uh, get into some of the spiritual food that, I'm, that I've got here for you. You know, you've got to leave some things behind and, and come after me. And the strength that we gain from hearing and reading Christ, you know, uh, Jesus' word, will never run out. You know, it endures without wasting away. Like my cheese munchie, man, I'll be hungry the next morning. Actually, I'll be hungry by tea time, uh, which was only an hour later. Um, you know, and it ran out, but, you know, Jesus is saying, look, hey, I can offer you something more that's going to nourish your spirit, man, that's going to nourish the, the person that's running after Christ, and it won't run out. Let's jump into the last little, um, last little kind of portion of verse there. Um, I, mi- I missed out a small portion there. I just thought, hey, there's way too much information in this, in this passage to clear up tonight. I'm sure you guys will discuss it at Pursuit if you head along to that. And we'll kick off in verse 47 of um, John 6. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for, for life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, 
is you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Man, I remember reading that when I was oh, probably about 12, and I thought, what the heck? Does Christianity think cannibalism? Um, and I think I reckon that's what the Jews were thinking back, or the, the group were thinking back then, because that was just, oh, I don't know, that's weird, eh? Who thinks that's weird, that little passage? You know, and I mean, not who said not you? I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe you want to talk to a leader after? No. <laughs> um, no, but when we look at it in light of what Jesus was saying before, he's saying, look, hey, you know, I'm not talking about, He's not even talking about the physical thing here. So the Jews are kind of mixing two things, or the group is kind of mixing two things together here. They're saying, hey, um, all right, so he's talking to the spirit man, but then he's saying, okay, we've got to eat his flesh to satisfy our spirit man. Yeah, no, not kind of working. So Jesus is saying here, look, it's not about actually eating my physical flesh, but, you know, if we're to take on someone's body, if we're to take on someone's, uh, blood. It, it's kind of when you talk about what's in your blood, it's it's the passion that runs through your veins, and we talk about the life that runs through our veins. And to eat and drink the blood of Son of the Son of Man in a spiritual sense is to become thoroughly infused or or joined together with what Christ is going on with. You know, it's to become. Hey, look, let's read the Word. Let's find out what Jesus is saying in the Bible. You know, how do we live the way He lives? You know, what do we find? What's the life that runs through His through his veins, you know, what are the things he was passionate about? What are the things that he did? What are the works that, that he did? You know, what were the thing, the pinnacle things in his life? You know, he says, you know, to go out and to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked. You know, so these are, these are the things. So this is what Jesus is saying to the Jews. Hey, you know, it's not about eating me. It's not about drinking my blood. I want you to take on the life that I live. I want you to get passionate about the things I'm passionate about. I want you to get into what you know I'm into. You find out what makes my buttons, you know, pushes my buttons. Find out what makes me tick. And I, the Jews still didn't even understand this, but Jesus is saying, "Hey, you need to live and breathe me. You need to, uh, yeah, live and breathe me to understand." understand what I'm talking about with this bread and this drink. You know, this kind of just stems, you know, often we can think, oh, yeah, sweet, we can do that on a Sunday, and we can do that on a Tuesday night. But, you know, it's talking about, you know, it's every day, it's something we've got to do every day. So, where did I get up to? Lost it. I've scribbled some stuff on the end of this. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, Jesus is kind of saying here, here's a, here's a practical application of what you can do. You know, it was in a metaphoric way, probably a little hard to understand. Um, but he's saying, look, hey, get into prayer. Spend time with God. You know, the, the prayer, we think often is, you know, it's all these certain things that you've got to do. You've got to get on your knees and uh, lay by your bed and put your hands together. But it's not at all like that, you know. Prayer is communicating with God. You know, like I said before, God's after intimacy, not information. He wants to hear about what you've been up to. He wants to hear about your struggles. He wants you to ask about yeah, what you, He's got in store for your life over the next week while. 
he's saying, you know, get into the word, get into to this book, get into, you know, the, the things that I've done, you know, the, the gospels are a great place to start, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It, it talks about Jesus' life, what he did, and you can find in here, you know, what, what made his buttons tick to get that uh, food that never runs out. So, you know, what I, what I want to do now, I guess, is we're going to um, break up, I guess, into some small groups. What's that? We're not going to do that? That's cool. Um, so what I want to do now is I'll, yeah, so I, I guess what I want to do now is I want to open up a, a, an opportunity, I guess, for anyone who thinks, hey, I, I, I really want to respond to something that you've said here. Hey, I think maybe I've been living for Jesus for the wrong reasons. Uh, maybe I've just been going after God for, um, to satisfy my own my own needs, uh, or maybe you haven't been going after God because all your needs are satisfied, and you think, oh, it's all good, it'll be all good forever, um, but as, as I know from, from my experience with the car accident, it doesn't last, um, so I guess I'm just going to open up a time now where uh, you can come and talk to me, uh, I'm not going to do a, a place where you raise your hands or, or have to come up the front, but you know, over the course of tonight, if um, you want to have a chat to me about maybe what's in the message, you might not want to do that. You might want to save it till pursuit or talk to your leaders. Um, but yeah, I really want to open up uh, something where you can just hey, you can respond to the stuff I've said tonight. So before we get into the next thing, why don't we just pray? Father God, I just thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you uh, for the privilege uh, that we have and the freedom that we have in this country, Lord, to to meet together, uh, Lord, to have heaps of fun, Lord, playing games out on the field, Lord, to, to hear about your word without persecution, Father. Lord, we thank you uh, for your word tonight, Lord. We thank you that your word is powerful, Lord, that it is living, Lord, that is, at, that is, at, that is as active. Father God, we thank you uh, for what you've said tonight, Lord, for every word I ask that you would, uh, Lord, that you would take root in every uh, person's heart tonight, Father. Lord, any of my words that have come forth, Lord, I ask that they uh, fall to the ground, Father, and, and your word to prevail tonight. In uh, Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.